Welcome to another episode of today's Conversations on Leadership, powered by Life University. I'm your host, Dr. Jill Lamarche, and I'm thrilled today to host a lady that I just had the opportunity to meet, but I did have the opportunity to read her bio, and it is impressive. Uh, Birgit Smith-Burton is a respected leader in the fundraising profession who has raised more than, yes, you hear it right, $500 million during her 33-year career. As an executive director of the Foundation Relations at the Georgia Institute of Technology, which we commonly call here in Georgia, Georgia Tech, she led her team in raising $309 million towards the Institute's most recent successful $1.8 billion campaign. Birgit is a well-regarded speaker on the topics of fundraising and diversity. She has authored articles on diversity in the fundraising profession, co-authored the book, The Philanthropic Covenant with Black America, and contributed to the book, Five Minutes for Fundraising, a collection of expert advice. Birgit is honored to tell her personal story in the book, Collecting Courage, which shares the lived experiences of Black women and men working in nonprofit and charitable space, published in fall 2020. She was proud to be selected by Georgia Tech leadership to participate in the first cohort of Leading Women at Tech, which identified the next community of leaders who will guide the institution in the 21st century. Birgit also was chosen as one of the 2020 faces of inclusive excellence, recognizing faculty, staff, and students who are committed to gender diversity, equity, and inclusion. Birgit serves on the global board of the Association of Fundraising Professionals and recently was voted as the chair-elect for 2021. And believe me, that's a huge job amongst the many jobs that she currently has. She has the distinction of being the first African-American woman in AFP's 60-year history to serve in this role. Congratulations, Birgit. Birgit is the immediate past president of the IDEA Committee, Inclusion, Diversity, Equity, and Access. She also chairs the A.E. Lowe Grice Scholarship Fund, serves on the Hosea Helps Board of Directors, and advises the Aspen Leadership Group. Birgit is the founder of AADO, the African-American Development Officers Network, which for 23 years has provided professional development, education, employment, support, mentorship, and networking opportunities for fundraisers of color. She is also a member of the Ahmad Arbery Foundation and serves on its board. She is also a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, and I would assume has been for quite a while. Uh, Birgit earned her bachelor's degree in media communications from Madai College in Buffalo, New York, and currently serving on its board of trustees. And we could probably continue for the next hour. But this is all the time we have about this amazing woman who is about to grace us with some wonderful wisdom as it relates to leadership. Birgit, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. And it's always, you know, embarrassing when you listen to your bio, you know, you want to come up with the the shortened, you know, three sentence version. Well, I know that in speaking before we started this recording that you had an unfortunate fall at your home in Michigan yesterday Mm -hmm. and uh, you're hurting a lot. So the fact that you've taken the time and you're willing to share your expertise and your experience and your wisdom on leadership is truly appreciated. So let's start with a couple of questions for you. Uh, Can you name a person or maybe a group of people who have had a tremendous impact on you as a leader? Maybe someone that you mentored under 
or a group that you belong to that really have had a, a major impact on your life that then has allowed you to bring that experience to the people that you serve in so many capacities? Absolutely. I love this question. And um, Jill, I love talking about leadership. Um, you know, there are, you know, I could go on for hours and hours talking about leadership, uh, the opportunities I've had to, to be a leader, but I could give you, you know, 50 different people who have impacted my career in some way uh, as a leader, a mentor, but I'm going to choose two really, really important people to me um, this afternoon. One is my grandmother, and I write about her in the book, Collecting Courage. Um, my grandmother uh, pastored a church in Southwest Michigan, which is where my home is. Um, I actually own my grandparents' home. Um, they moved through to Southwest Michigan during the Great Migration uh, in the 1930s. And so their home is well over 100 years old, but I'm adopted. And when my parents brought me, they adopted me in Germany. And when they brought me to the U.S., I was three years old. And my grandmother, Reverend Alvin Lowe Grice, was, you know, one of the first people I met in my new family besides my parents. And, um, you know, you can imagine uh, I was a three-year-old who my, my birth mother was German and German was my first language. Um, and, you know, before anybody's impressed with that, um, know that this is three-year-old German. Okay. So when people ask me, you know, um, do I still speak it? I was speaking three-year-old German, you know, so not, uh, no impressive words there. But um, so I met my grandmother and for years I would go with her as she would go on to the community and she would visit people and bring clothing and food. And this is where I learned, um, you know, uh, philanthropy, right, and and giving, and this is you know how I grew up. So my grandmother was one of the first people that I really experienced, um, you know, giving um, and leadership. Um, and then there are many others in between, uh, but the next really tremendously influential person uh, was Charles Stevens, and Charles Stevens. Um, was hands down my mentor. Um, he And he uh, encouraged me to stay in the fundraising profession. I tripped into it like many of my um, contemporaries did at the time. I won't tell you how many years ago, but um, somebody said, call him. I was 26 years old. And this is before email. See, I'm giving it all away now, Jill. But before email and cell phones, I had to keep calling till I got him on the phone. And he met me at a conference in Miami uh, in a food court and, you know, said that we could talk for 30 minutes an uh, hour. He gave me three hours of his time. And he convinced me to stay in the profession. He said that I would not regret it. And fast forward through many years, he's the reason that I joined AFP 30 some odd years ago. And he also suggested to the current chair nine years ago that he invite me to serve on the AFP Global Board as the chair appointee. And, you know, we've seen how that turned out. I served on the board for eight years. And now I'm the chair elect and will be the chair of the AFP Global Board in 2020, uh, 
2023. If you were to to describe in a few short words, the number one lesson that you learned from Mr. Stevens that you carry with you that continues to allow you to grow in all of your roles, what would that one lesson be? Because I know there's many, but what would be the one that you'd want to highlight today? I think it's the lesson of, you know, Every day is a learning and growing experience. Don't make major decisions about your your career, your um, you know your your plans on what it is that you uh, you know you want to do uh, in your career just based on on one experience you had one day. Because of I, I mean I had a, a bad experience and I said I'm out of here. You know I'm not doing this fundraising thing. And um, and he convinced me that I could not, that this was a great profession for me. How I entered into it is another story for another day. But um, yeah, he really taught me. And I do that. I pause, I pause and take a deep breath and revisit everything before, you know, you hear before you hit send on that email. You know what I mean? Walk away, come back. You know, so that is the one big lesson I learned from him to pause, take a deep breath, don't make important decisions based on, you know, one one event, something that that happened that discouraged you. That is that is certainly great insight for our audience because all of us can learn mm-hmm. from. And is there one that stands out from grandma? Oh, goodness. Um, love. Mm. love and that's what the the chapter that I wrote about is about love she really the lesson that she taught me about love and really the the biggest example is my cousin um, Brian who um you know uh was uh, differently uh abled you know challenged he um never uh you know grew um mentally beyond eight years old, but my grandmother would take us all, my cousins, Brian included fishing. And my cousin, Brian would, you know, pass his pole, his line in the water and get it all tangled up every single time. And she would every single time untangle that line and kiss him and hug him. And I watched my grandmother do that. And that taught me love and patience. I've carried that my entire life. Mm, That's a big, See, another wonderful lesson. Love yeah. perseverance. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And let me just tell you, my cousin Brian is 57 years old now. And he was told, his mother, my aunt, was told that he would not live past eight, you know, because of his um, mental state. And he's 57. That's love. <laughs> you got that right. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that lesson. So moving on to the next uh, question, sure. a few questions we have together today. What are the most important decisions that you make as a leader for your organization on a daily basis? Yeah. So, you know, I thought of this in terms of, you know, what I I think is really key, really important as a leader in an organization. There's three things. There's many, but three things that really stand out for me. One is to learn to delegate, delegating on a daily basis. And that's often difficult for leaders. Right, Jill, because, you know, we um, uh, often are micromanagers. You know, I'm one of those people that if it takes me too much, you know, to explain it or, you know, to to get it done, I will just jump in and do it myself. 
but as you know, leaders we hire or uh, appoint team leaders um, and then fail to trust them, which is in essence not trusting our own decision making, right? So um, uh, to delegate and then to trust those that we delegate to, um, you know, to carry out, because truthfully, I don't have the bandwidth these days now to do everything. Okay, secondly, to remember to work on ourselves, right? We will, you know, focus on others and what they need to do. Um, we'll focus on what the organization needs to do, um, professional development, organizational audits, um, you know, but our own personal growth, which directly impacts the organization and the team. That is extremely important. And then um, lastly, to engage with other organizations. Um, it's not always about competition, especially in the fundraising profession. There's so much competition, right? And as often as leaders, um, we don't recognize the benefit of sharing information and contacts and comparing notes and experiences and how helpful this can be. Um, and that we can learn from the, the success of other organizations and the experiences and lessons learned from their miscalculations or blunders. Those are, those are excellent points, as you can probably tell. I was taking notes. So <laughs> one, of the, one of the greatest things you do when you get to interview fantastic people is you, I get to learn from you yeah. as you share. And I would say on the delegation side, I've gotten good at that and make sure that uh, the people that report to me are well-informed, well-trained. Mm -hmm. But when I delegate, I can mm -hmm. trust them. And I literally can trust yeah. and just give it up. Once I delegate, it's, it's off my agenda. And that's a wonderful thing. Uh, work on self. I've been doing that for 50 plus years. <laughs> One thing that I, I'm learning that's extra that I have not yet done well mm -hmm. is to engage with other organizations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As yeah. it relates, for example, now on the philanthropy side, um, I'm going to talk to more of my peers yes. in the world and learn from them. So yes. thanks for that lesson that I'm receiving today. Yeah. I think our audience is receiving all these wonderful lessons uh, that you're sharing. Absolutely. And in a nutshell, they're are absolutely phenomenal. Um, Thank you. On characteristics of a leader. Yeah. So we could talk yeah. for hours and hours on leadership and yeah. what characteristics we believe to be important. <laughs> what do you believe are the one, two, or three most important mm -hmm. characteristics mm -hmm. of a leader, whether the person is leading a team of two or a team of 200? Well, so I think it's, it's you know, it's important to, as a leader, to be forward thinking and, of course, to think outside the box. And all those things to certainly ensure that an organization can keep up with the times and be successful. But I think really one very important characteristic that every leader should possess, and they um, don't all always, you know, um, have this as one of those upfront characteristics that is most important is self-awareness. Oh my goodness. I could like preach a whole sermon on this, right? A good leader needs to be aware of others, but also of their own behavior. So how it affects their team, um, as well as the people they interact with, um, you know, inside the organization, as well as outside the organization, um, you know, they need to be seen as the face of the organization um, or the face of fundraising, you know, or, or development. Um, somebody said that to me, uh, you know, a long time ago when we were talking about 
you know, um, more uh, diverse representation among fundraisers. And somebody says, well, said to me, well, you know, the person who is in that role, whether it's, you know, the leader of the organization or the development operation is the face of that organization or that operation. And so people are looking and they see the entire operation through how that person, um, you know, uh, acts or, or interacts with people. And so oftentimes we're not, you know, um, self-aware. So when fundraisers call me through the African-American Development Officers Network to complain uh, about the challenges they're experiencing within their organization, um, and they speak about these, you know, I would say there are three top things that they, you know, complain about. One is salary. Two is salary. <laughs> <laughs> but three, the third thing is uh, often the organization's leadership, mostly top leader. And with self-awareness, a good leader needs to be aware of their own behavior and how it affects their team. And, you know, research suggests that when we see ourselves clearly we're more confident, more creative. Uh, we make sounder decisions. We build stronger relationships and communicate more effectively. And we're less likely to be deceptive. So um, to be more effective leaders, I think, uh, and to, you know, to support our teams, we have to really work on being self-aware. And that starts, you know, within, our, within us, within ourselves. Yeah, and that's that's an important factor because when you're self-aware, um, I mean, I live from the perspective that people will watch you and will normally, you know, mock your behavior. Mimic, yes. So if you're yes. behaving with honesty and integrity and mm -hmm. passion and respect mm -hmm. and diligence mm -hmm. in your work ethic, mm -hmm. they're likely to do that because they never want to disappoint you. Yeah. Very true. Well, some leaders yeah. think, you know, I could behave this way, but expect my team to behave that way. That doesn't work, mm -hmm. does it? No, it doesn't. Never it definitely does not. No. You know, they say that, um, what is that saying? I hope I don't get it wrong. Uh, a rotting fish stinks from the head. You know, it starts the head down. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not calling organizational leaders stinky fish. But I'm just saying, but you know, it starts it from the head and it goes down. So. We got to make sure that we lead by example. Exactly. That's an yeah. important piece. And mm -hmm. I guess my last question for you today mm -hmm. would, would be, because um, I mean, just reading your CV earlier today, mm -hmm. I, I realized how busy a person you are, how involved mm -hmm. you are. You know, you have so many different verticals that you are engaged in. Mm -hmm. When does Birgit take time to take care of Birgit so that yeah. you can continue to grow and you can continue to develop as a leader? What are your suggestions or what is it that you're doing that you mm -hmm. can suggest to our listeners that they could do to help them grow and develop and continue to develop as a leader? Absolutely. So um, this is a tough one for me, uh, Jill, because I am good at telling others what to do. I'm not as good about practicing it when it comes to what am I doing, right, to um uh, to continue to grow and develop as a leader. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, always taking training so I can stay current, you know, and, and up on, um, you know, and it's, it's difficult sometimes, especially in the uh, inclusion, diversity, equity, access work that I do. That's a tough one to stay current because terminology is changing. We're learning more and more 
um, you know, in that space. So I try to, to stay current. I try to invite people to give me feedback, you know, because that's, there's, you know, some self-awareness. Um, when I do presentations, I always give my email address out and invite people to please, you know, send me an email. We'll schedule a call. Did I say something wrong? Do I need to get something right? You know, is there some learning to take place? Realizing that, you know, none of us are perfect, right? So, you know, not being so hard on myself, but being open to people and letting them know, listen, I'm open to learning every day. I'm not just telling you all what to do. So, um, so that's really uh, important. Um, and really, even though I said, you know, said this earlier, delegating, 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 it's not this, it's not synonymous with, you know, uh, pushing off work and not taking anything on yourself. It means that you recognize that you can't do it all, right? And you've got, you know, incredible people who can, that you've got on your team who can do work. Um, you know, I was uh, reading uh, President Obama's book and in one of the chapters, he was talking about, you know, assembling his team and, you know, what thought he put into uh, bringing that team together. And I thought, this is brilliant. This makes sense. This is you surround yourself with the people who can advise you, who are brilliant in these areas. You know, I'm acknowledging that you don't do it all, that you don't know it all. Um, and reaching out to other leaders, yes, but not just the leaders, right? You reach out to, you know, in the AFP membership, my intention when I step into the, the role of chair um, is to be out there when I'm at the international conference not just being upfront by the stage and separated from people, but going out and talking to the membership and, you know, hearing what they're thinking. This is, this is how we learn, you know, what um, change needs to, you know, to happen. And then there comes the all important thing that I'm really, really bad with. And I promise on this podcast today and everybody can hold me to this. When you see me sometime next year, I am going to work on my health. And that is one area that I'm not, um, I'm not good enough, you know, about paying attention to. Um, you know, I, I set great intentions. I'm going to drink, you know, X amount of ounces of water. I'm going to walk. I'm going to, you know, I've got my, you know, expensive stuff hanging all over me that measures my steps and you know, counts, uh, you know, everything. Um, oh, I'm going to go to bed at a certain time. But let me tell you, and I'm sure you've experienced this yourself, that when you do those things for yourself, you can think clearer, you feel better, what you contribute to your team, your colleagues, the world is, you know, a hundred times better than when you're not taking care of yourself, right? That so that is the last one. On that note, you are preaching to the choir because that's exactly how I live my life. I did not always live my life that way. Yes. Uh, during my years of practice, busy, you know, with practice raising children, mm -hmm. I didn't take care of myself at all. And I came on that verge of, am I going to live or am I going to die? Exactly. Which we don't yes. have time to talk about today, but yeah. for me, that was in 2003. Wow. And I like drew the line in the sand and I take care of me. You saw me drinking water. Yes. Chatting. I mean, yes. I had a, 
a, you know, a 15 minute meditation this morning. I had a 30 minute mm. walk this morning. I've got a 30 minute walk planned for the end of the day because yep. I realized when I do that, I am the best version of me. Yes. You show up better for everybody else. Yeah, right? I have a greater ability yes. to lead others. Yes. When I'm taking care of me. And then I yes. set the example for my team to do that for themselves too. So exactly. Yeah. yeah well, mark my words. Cause I have a lot of travel to do as chair. Egypt, Guadalajara, you know, I, I cannot, you know, be uh, exhausted and, you know, in bad shape. So got to get it together. Well, you shared a lot of great uh, leadership nuggets for our audience today. Any closing words from you, Birgit? Yes. And this is one that I, I you know, um, when I am interviewing people myself, uh, I always close with this question. And I thought, I'll, I'll close on this one for myself. I, I've not been asked it, but, you know, at the end of my career, which I'm not saying, you know, this is when I'm, I'm going off to, to heaven or anything like that. I'm saying when I decide that, you know, I'm going to, um, you know, move on to, to something else more relaxing. Um, when I stand at the office door and I'm looking back over my office and turning out the lights and closing the door for the last time, how do I want people to finish the sentence? Birgit made a difference because she, she, what? And my answer is Birgit made a difference because she truly cared about others in everything that she did. And she showed up with passion and commitment. Mm. And that's, that's it. That would be, that would be worth a standing ovation, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, it really would be because isn't that what God called us to live? Yes, exactly. Yes. Well, thank you very much. Like I said, I, I, I know you're hurting and uh, you did. I feel better just from this, this interview. You Listen, I really am um, speaking, you know, from the heart really does something yeah. to the, the body and the soul. So thank our you. Physiology. Well, thank yeah. you for joining us. I'm sure that our guests, as they listen in, uh, whether on the audio or the video podcast, will get so much great information and become better leaders because you took the time today to join uh, us on today's conversation you. on leadership. Thank you so My much. My pleasure.